Welcome to the Small Business Big Life Podcast. My name is Derek Van Ness, and I'm the lead wealth strategist and founder at Big Life Financial, where we use innovative tax and financial strategies to help business owners keep more of the money they make and be a whole lot smarter at growing it. We believe every person has something unique and valuable to bring to the world, but far too often money stops them from sharing those gifts. We're here to fix that problem by helping people get money out of the way so they can unleash their full potential on the world. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll even reveal how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet. So let's get this thing started now. Well, welcome everybody. This is Derek Vanis in the Small Business Big Life Podcast, bringing you another power-packed edition of fun excitement. And today, I think we're going to take quite a wild ride because our guest today, Galit Ventura Rosen, has taken a lot of different trails in life. So I'm just excited to have her here. Galit, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Derek. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. You've had quite a journey and uh, have done quite a few different things. And I think that's just going to be incredibly valuable, all the different insights and kind of cross-pollination that happens when you do so many things. So, so I want to dig in on that. But first... For the people who don't know who you are, could you just give us a quick 30-second introduction of who you are, what you're up to in the world, and how people can connect with you online if they become fascinated with all the things you're about to say? Absolutely. I have been an entrepreneur for 25 years. I started my first business quite young, commercial real estate, and I have a successful company in Las Vegas. And about five years ago, I decided it was time to show others how they could be successful in their business through sales and really just increasing the bottom line. And the way that people can get a hold of me is through any social media under my full name or at my website, which is galitventurarosen.com. Very, very cool. So um, before we get into your story, I always like to ask, has there been uh, one thought, one idea, one concept, something that's sort of been like the, the North Star for you as you have built your businesses and created your career that you would love to share with the, the listeners? Yes. And it might seem simplistic, but so many business owners do not follow this. A lot of times we think we can do everything ourselves because we think it's easier than trying to find someone or a team or virtually people that might be able to do it as well as us, but we don't recognize the value of our time. So my one tip would be think about the value of an hour of your time before you decide to do a task that you probably could delegate out. Yeah, I remember doing this early on in my career. I was making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year back then. And I did the math and I was like, oh, my time's worth like $250 an hour. Why am I doing $20 an hour or even $50 an hour jobs? And so I started outsourcing a lot of those, which freed up even more time. And of course, expanded the business even faster. So I 100% agree with that and, and appreciate you sharing that. Um, so let's just, let's start with your journey. Obviously you started in commercial real estate. Tell me, how did you get into commercial real estate? I think people see real estate agents, but I don't know that many people who start off thinking, I want to go into commercial real estate. It seems like a big, scary game. So tell me how, how you jumped into that. Well, I was wrapping up my first degree in business. And I remember that most of the kids, I'll call them kids at the time, we were pretty young. We were in our early 20s. We're looking for jobs. And it just didn't seem very exciting to me. 
but I knew I was supposed to work after I got my degree. That's what people did. When I started exploring, I realized that there was an opportunity in real estate, and I actually didn't get started in commercial immediately. I started in residential, which would be common to do. And I probably lasted less than 12 months. And I realized this is (laughs) not for me. There's way too much emotion involved. And I really liked business. And obviously getting a business degree made sense to go into a business that was related to working with business people. So it started out that way, get your real estate license, figure out what you want to do. And then the next step was going into an internship with a very successful commercial real estate team. And I did that probably for six months and didn't get paid a dollar and just wanted to learn everything I could. And I was probably around 21, 22 at the time when I did that. Ah, wow. So that's pretty young Yes. and uh, a ton of good learning. I love that you invested in your skill set early on. I think a lot of people chase the money first thing. And the problem with that is sometimes they learn like one little tiny piece of the business, but they don't really get the right skills. They just get like something that, that pays just a little bit, um, but doesn't always translate to that, that bigger stuff, obviously, because you have a sales system that you've been sharing with people, acquiring skills is, has been a big part and you, you value that. So, um, what I know about the commercial real estate business and, you know, anybody who's out there listening, there are businesses that have short sales cycles and long sales cycles, but it's a long sales cycle type of business. Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you think about that? Or how do you approach a longer sales cycle um, and create success that way? Because I think for a lot of people, it weeds them out or they really struggle with this. So I'd love to hear how you approach that longer sales cycle and make it work for you. That's a really good question. I don't know if I've ever been asked that before, honestly. (laughs) I think more than anything, it's knowing that you cannot get into commercial real estate if you're living check to check and need to wait for that dollar to come. Mm -hmm. Now, there are other ways in commercial real estate to possibly make income quicker, but typically it takes months and months, especially even if you do something like a lease, you might get paid in 60 days if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. And so my suggestion would be if you're going to get into commercial real estate, possibly join a team or become part of a company at first. So yes, you can get your skill set. And sometimes they'll offer you a salary up front with some type of bonuses while you're learning so Mm -hmm. you can prepare to go out on your own. Now, me, myself, I've been doing this so long, Derek. I've been commissioned for 25 years. The last time I got a salary, I was working at the mall and I was 19 years old. Actually, I think that was even hourly. But I just am so accustomed to it at this point. And we have this little saying where the deal's not closed till it's closed because you could imagine many times I'll be working on a deal for five, six, eight months and it won't close. Now, Mm -hmm. over the years, I've gotten better at recognizing when it will, but that's probably been a part of my success is not spending the money before it shows up. That's a great point. Listen, I am 100% uh, with you because I, I flipped a couple hundred properties uh, in Los Angeles. And, you know, a lot of those were half million dollar plus properties. And like you said, I used to joke and say, I don't celebrate until the money's been in the bank for three days, right? Because <laughs> every once in a while you get that call where they're like, oh, the loan's funded. And you're like, yes. And then they come back and they're like, but something blew up in escrow and it didn't happen. So, so I'm with you hundred percent because the emotion of all of that is, is pretty, pretty tough. 
Um, so I want to take a slightly different spin. Uh, most of our people who are listening are business owners. And a lot of my business owners, like ultimately, they want to own their own, um, their, their office building or whatever. I, I work with a lot of auto shops that own their buildings, a lot of dentists, doctors, chiropractors, these kinds of people. And some of them own their buildings, some of them don't. What would you say to someone who's looking to maybe buy their own office? Uh, how, what are some common mistakes people make or what would you say are, are really important things to consider if you're looking at that? Well, the first thing I would say is make sure you surround yourself with experts in every area. I'm not going to go to a dentist that doesn't have a degree in, and hasn't gone to school to be a dentist. And you kind of have to think that way. I'm not going to hire a personal trainer that isn't certified as a personal trainer. So you've got to think of this as a business decision. If I want to purchase a property that I want to occupy as an owner user, it's important for you first to recognize what you need. So my suggestions would be somebody that isn't finances. So if it's, I don't know if it would be a CPA, an accountant, or a financial expert, I would also suggest that you look for a broker, someone that understands the market and can really walk you through and handhold you at times in the process. I also suggest an attorney. You want to put together an entity. You want to put together something that will be able to help you with the taxes and owning your own property. So I say educate first, purchase second. Mm -hmm. So first find all these people, talk to them, educate yourself. That's their job to educate you. If they're doing their job right, they should be educating their client before their client hires them. And then I highly suggest you look at the numbers because many times it costs less or the same to start purchasing, to purchase your own property as a payment every month versus paying somebody rent for a lease. I've definitely seen that. Um, so what you're saying is rush right out and just do it on your own, <laughs> yeah, right? Real, real estate is definitely something where knowledge is so valuable, right? The assets and the leverage that's going on here is, is huge. So it compounds mistakes and it also compounds good decisions. So I 100% agree. And I know you said a finance person, but I also think like a really good lender, right? Yes, for in, sure. In commercial finance or commercial real estate, it's not about comparables. It is about cash flow, right? It's about money in, money out. And to have a mortgage broker that can really help you break all that down is going to be vital, I think, uh, in, the, in the whole process. So now you've obviously been very successful, successful enough that A, you've been in it for a long time and B, you're teaching it now. So what do you think has really allowed you to excel in an area where, I'll be honest, there's some superstar agents out there and there's a bunch of people who just kind of get by, you know, they close one or two deals a year and make their six figures. Uh, what do you think has really allowed you to excel? I build relationships. I don't focus on selling. I build relationships. I network. I am a, a large networker. I'm really big about recognizing and understanding how to network and mm -hmm. then also building the relationships to a point where a lot of people don't get on calls anymore, Derek. I get on calls. I make appointments. I mean, Zoom has, I've been on Zoom for years, way before mm -hmm. all this, but I actually ask as much as possible still to get on Zoom. In commercial real estate, it's not very common to say, may I have a Zoom call with you? But now because it's so well received, I'm able to even do this more when in a field that I would just get on a call with a potential client. And seeing somebody, even though I'm not sitting next to you, Derek, gives us an opportunity to show those that are listening or watching an opportunity to see how we engage with each other. 
to see our hand movements, to see our face expressions. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing when you're getting on a call with a client or a potential client. So for me, I think the number one thing that's led to my success is obviously the normal things, knowledge, expertise, genuine, authentic, but also I'm a people person. I'm about you. I'm not about me. I'm not running after that dollar like you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you bring up some really important things there. And I want to dig in just a little bit if you're okay with this, because everybody talks about networking. Everybody talks about building relationships. And I'm going to be honest, my experience is most people really suck at that. Their idea of networking is passing out a bunch of cards. Their idea of building a relationship is, yeah, I went to a meeting and met some people. Tell me how you, how do you actually go from, I met someone to developing a relationship. So you're saying, you know, I, I, I build relationships. I think most people don't really know what that means. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you actually do that in a meaningful way, not just in a surface way? Like a lot of people have one phone call. They're like, yeah. Let me see if they ever call me again. And they wonder why it doesn't work. Can you maybe dig in on that for me? Sure. It's actually step two in my sales success method and building relationships. Actually, you know what? It's step three. Well, it doesn't matter. They're all in there. So (laughs) my steps are first adopt a successful sales mindset. Second is becoming an effective communicator. And third is building relationships. And there's a reason, obviously, for that order. But for me, building a relationship, and by the way, most of it's done virtually right now for me. Before it was mostly done in person. Well, I don't want to say mostly, but a lot of it. A lot of my investors in commercial real estate are not local. So it's been done virtually on the phone or through Zoom or through networking through LinkedIn or such. And then obviously in my other business, which is coaching and and executive training, it would be done all virtually right now. Well, my suggestion would be look for people that you can add to either a connection or benefit them. So what is the value you can give someone? Mm -hmm. We usually come from what we can get from someone instead of what we can give. I come from a place of what can I give? I do a lot less talking and a lot less and a lot more listening. Now, if you're doing it through, let's just say LinkedIn, I love using this example, Derek, because I get massive amount of messages a day that I just want to. Yeah, they're super spammy. Yeah, I want to teach them how to do it right. They make all of these assumptions instead of asking questions. So let's start with the first way. You asked, how could I build a relationship? Ask questions. Don't assume and don't be fast to respond. Okay, if it's through writing or if it's through a phone call, that's the first thing is how can my area of expertise benefit you? I love the word benefit. I tell everyone to use that. Mm. How can I benefit you? Where is it that you have a gap? What is it that you're hoping to accomplish? What are the goals? What is your end result? I don't even talk about money. I don't even talk about what I sell. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, of course, I sell stuff, right? It's either a property or my services for coaching. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. It's all about you. I've been on calls with people for 25 minutes. And at the end of the call, I say, look, at this time, I'm going to be honest with you. My services are not going to benefit you. I wish you luck. But reach out when you're ready. So that's the kind of things that I do in the sales conversation that are a lot of times very different than somebody else, like those thousands of messages I'm getting, assuming that I need another income stream, um, I need lead generation. I mean, all these things. Why don't you ask me instead of assume? I 
100% agree. The, the formula I was taught is ask people what they're up to and what they're excited about over the next year, right? So that tells you what, they're, what are their hot buttons, what's important to them. And then the second question is, what do you think is your biggest challenge in getting there? Yes. And that tells you where do they need help? And then you ask yourself, is this something I can provide? And if I can't, who do I know that could yes. And then make those connections? And when you do that, people, uh, I think of it as being like the, the center of the wheel, right? All these spokes and all these hubs come together. And I just really try to connect people as much as I can. It sounds like you're, you're definitely doing the same thing. And uh, I found it to be tremendously beneficial, but amazingly, almost nobody does that. Right. They're all doing these spammy things where they think, oh, if I hand out 500 cards, I'll, I'll, one of them's going to turn into something. And I feel like it's a little bit like, well, if I'm doing 10 things at once, one of them's bound to work out. And that's not true. It means each one's only getting a tenth of your energy. And chances are pretty good that that's not going to you know, materialize. So, Also, when you're handing out business cards, they've already gotten another 25 or 30 at that event. Mm-hmm. Of course, prior, I was going to events multiple times a day. So what is it that makes you stand out? One of the things that I love to do is I'll shoot an email after I get those business cards. I also scan them into a program and I make sure I take notes on the back of the cards while I'm at the event. So if somebody speaks to me about something that they want to know, which happens very often, Derek, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Khalid, I've got to know about this or reach out to me. You forget. So oh, I yeah. take notes on the back of the card. I scan them into my system and then I make sure within 48 hours, I send an email I used to send handwritten notes. I'm going to be really Mm -hmm. honest with you years ago, but I don't think people can read my writing anymore. So I stopped doing that. (laughs) But if you have the patience, a little card, a little note card in the mail with your business card inside. And it was so great meeting you. And please let me know if I can help with anything goes such a long way as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do take notes as well because I found you get home, you think you're going to remember everyone and you don't. And I've also believed that giving people a business card is really my excuse to get theirs because almost nobody will call me. But if I call them, I get a ton of business out of those things. It's just nobody follows up. It just blows my mind. So I appreciate you uh, kind of articulating that because I thought maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm missing the boat here. It seems to generate a lot of business for me, but nobody does it. So yeah, that's, that's very confirming. Um, So, so tell me how, how did you make the transition? I see a lot of people who, you know, at a certain point in their career, They've done really well at their thing, right? Boom, boom. I, I do this thing and I'm really good at it. And then they want to sort of make that transition. Like you are almost to the give back type of transition of like, now I want to teach this. I want to franchise it. I want to expand it. I want to share it. Uh, how was making that transition for you? Because those are two totally different skill sets. It's quite interesting. They weren't as different as you would think. When I looked back on my history of being a commercial real estate agent, I brought in five, six, seven different people throughout my career that came to me and said, Galita, I want to get into commercial real estate and I have no idea how to do it. And they ended up starting as an assistant and then getting their license and then moving up to commission. And then what I call is flying away. And what's really fun for me is in my community, all those people are out there successful now. And I kind of think of them as my children, even though I'm not Uh that old, but still, I think you have to not think of it as something so dire as a transition. Instead, you have to think about what skill set do you have today? And what skill set can I embrace and grow? Mm -hmm. 
And I had those skill sets. And I'm going to be honest with you, Derek, when I decided to venture into this, what I call online world, because a lot of my persona is online now from a brick and mortar business where I wasn't online at all. I have to tell you, it was very expected. And that's when it justifies it. So I made a video five years ago on a balcony in San Diego and said, I wanted to, I'm so excited to announce. And I announced I'm going to be doing this business coaching and sales success and all of this. And it was very well received and expected. So anybody that wants to transition or add, for me, it was adding on Mm -hmm. because of course I'm still doing my commercial real estate. It's been more successful than ever. Add on to it. You just say, what's a skill set? that I'm maybe not getting paid for, that I could possibly get paid for. And for me, it was the teaching aspect. Mm. You know, I wasn't getting paid for those things in some kind of sense. And then now I am. Very cool. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love the way you you put that, just adding uh, adding to what you're already doing as opposed to thinking of it as something very, very different. Yes. Right? Yeah. It helps the mindset so it doesn't overwhelm you and then you choose not to do it. I'm really big about the mindset. My first book is Mm. The Successful Woman's Mindset. My next book is going to be about mindset. I think when you recognize that, there's so much more that gets out of your way. So adding on is something that has been beneficial to me throughout my career. I love it. Okay. So then I'm going to ask you, mindset-wise, obviously, it's the first step in your sales system. It's what your books are about. It's clearly very important to you. What do you see as the biggest mistake or what's the biggest tip you could give people related to mindset that would, would move the needle for them? Get used to being uncomfortable every single day if you want to grow. Uh, Those okay. butterfly, I cannot tell you, just in the last five days, my private clients, mm-hmm. every single one of them on the call, the first thing they started with is I'm overwhelmed or I'm above my head or whatever. It's just too much. Uh And then you have to step back and stop. I don't get hired for mindset coaching, but it's always a part of everything that you do when it comes to success. So my first tip would be if you want to grow and if you don't, that's good. You're happy. You're good. I'm one of those people that's going to grow for the rest of my life. It's a choice I made a long time ago. I get used to butterflies. I get used to being nervous. I get used to being uncomfortable. Believe it or not, you can So my first suggestion would be try something you've never tried before that's safe, please. Yeah. yeah. And see what it feels like and ask yourself after the fact, after you do it, because usually it's before that's the issue, how exciting it was. And remember what that felt like. So you'll do something new again. Right, right. Kind of connect that to that positive emotion after the fact. Very good. I've even heard that fear and excitement are the same emotion. It's just a matter of like how you're contextualizing them, right? That those butterflies can be, oh my gosh, something's terrible is going to happen, or they can be something amazing is going to happen. They they feel the same. We just experience them a little differently. So, kind of fascinating. Um, okay, so take me through like how how did you come about, or how did you develop this sales system? Because I think every business really would love to have a great sales system that takes people through. Obviously, real estate is honestly quite a bit more complicated than a lot of sales out there, I think. So so how did you kind of build this? I call it, I have a sales book as well, and I call it the yellow brick road, right? Uh-huh. You get people onto it, and then you just walk them down to the, to the I love Emerald, that. Emerald City. How, how did you come up with this, though? Trial and error. Okay. A lot of error. 
a lot of trial, <laughs> a lot of error. And I am not scared to share that because I believe that failure shows me how to succeed because if I do it wrong, I'll keep doing it. But most people stop when they fail. And then when they recognize you got to fail to know what success is, it's so much easier. The way that I came up with it is through doing it and sharing it and succeeding with it myself. I'm one of those people that has been very blessed with the gift to show people in any business how to be successful. It doesn't matter because business is business. I'm sorry, but it is. And a lot of people like I got asked to speak a few weeks ago in front of a medical group and they got on the call with me, the HR manager and said, Galit, I don't see that you have any experience to speak and train in the medical industry. I said, well, what is it you want me to train on? Effective communication. I said, it's the same in every business. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with sales. At the end of the day, there's a bottom line that you're trying to increase. I make this joke a lot, Derek, that if I wasn't working in my business, I'd be at the beach. So of course, I'm working in my business to make more profits to be able to have that income. And most people are in that place. So why not recognize that this sales success method and any method related for success is similar in all businesses. So I really came up with it because I've had experience, not just in commercial real estate. I own other businesses and I've owned other businesses and some of them have failed, right? Mm -hmm. That's part of success. And I've recognized that you can take the same steps and just repeat them over and over again in different kinds of businesses and have the same results or similar results. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. One of my favorite quotes, and people who are longtime listeners have probably heard this multiple times, is uh, someone was asking Jeff Bezos, you know, Amazon's this big tech company and it's cha- you know, everything's changing so fast. And how do you plan on keeping up? And there's new apps and there's new technology and all this stuff. And he said, it's really simple. We didn't build Amazon based on what's going to change, right? Industry to industry. We built it on what's going to stay the same. People yes. want goods and services. They want them fast. They want them cheap. They want convenience. That's where we're building it on. What you're saying is working with people in every industry, you're still working with people psychologically. They have the same needs. They have the same desires. They like the same things, so to speak. Um, It might be a little different industry to industry, but human beings are human beings and that's not going to change anytime soon. Right? So yes. The parts that are different are maybe the specific methods you will use. I'm not going to tell somebody that's trying to sell jewelry to focus on networking through LinkedIn, right? Right. I might say, let's do Instagram, just using this as an example. So there's obviously different methods, but in the shape of the method, they are all very similar. Yeah, we, we approach money that way. We don't do... We established principles first, and then we looked at how does the principle apply to your specific situation? And like you said, there's still some nuance and some trial and error that goes on there. But a lot of it is if you're staying in the principles, you're not going to get pulled all over. And like we all know, there's crazy stuff going on with the economy and the markets. And I'm sure in commercial real estate, you guys are like, what's going to happen with all these cheap interest rates and all this free money or cheap money going around? How's that going to impact us? And if you can stay in principles, you don't get swept up in all the emotion, you can really make good decisions. So yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you there on, on that. So, well, um, so you've, you've shared a ton of stuff with us here, Galit. We talked a lot about this sales method. I think you know it sounds tremendously valuable. If people are looking to find you online or connect with you, find out more about your services or what you do, where's the best place for them to reach you again? Uh, they can either find me on all social media except for Twitter. 
as well as I also have a domain that they can go to salessuccessmethod.com, which makes it really easy. And they get a little bit extra in videos and stuff related to the process. I don't know how you got salessuccessmethod.com, but that seems like it should have been gone in like 1994. You know, Derek, it's so funny when things are aligned, they just wait for you. And if I told you, I only picked that up a few weeks ago. And I also have the sixsalesmethod.com as well. It's funny, isn't it? It is because I, I would be certain that that was taken a long, long time ago. It was waiting for me and my methods. Maybe it was. <laughs> well, that's really, really cool. So one last thing I like to do, Galit, is uh, I like to give everybody 30, 60, 90 seconds to say anything that you want to say, whether it's related to what we're talking about today or not. But I feel like everybody has things that, it, that it's important for them to convey. So is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners um, today? I do. I would love one of my latest passions is related to women business owners because we're still such a minority. The latest statistics came out that only 4.2% of women-owned businesses are making over a million dollars. And I really want to change that. And so I decided being in a male-dominated industry that's been very good to me over the last 25 years, I want to show as many women as possible. I work with men too, but I really want to show as many women as possible. It is possible to be successful and it is possible to make six, seven, eight figures in your business. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm in a couple of groups uh, on, on Facebook and I work with <clears throat> quite a few you know, women business owners who maybe their kids are now in school. And I got to tell you, that group is a force to be reckoned with. They might not all be making a million dollars a year yet, but um, I'm really glad I got a head start because these are these are some sharp people coming <laughs> coming out and and really taking the world by storm right now. So I'm, I'm I'm excited that you're there to support them and help them. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Well, thank you for taking the the time and sharing so generously. Uh, a lot of the things that have helped you, I think, a ton of this stuff applies to like any kind of business that people are listening to. So I just appreciate you being here and being so open with us, Galit. Thank you for having me. And I hope something I said today benefited someone listening and watching. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Life Show. If you're a six or seven figure business owner who'd like to be on the show, we'd love to talk about it. Just visit biglifefinancial.com slash guest to get the ball rolling. And if you heard something you loved on the show today, don't be shy about sharing it. And if you do, be sure to use the hashtag smallbusinessbiglife so we can see that you're sharing the love. And heck, if we swoon over your post, we might even pass it on to our many thousands of followers to help share the love and the spotlight with you. Speaking of love, if you like today's show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. You know why? Because then you'll never miss another episode and you can get all the motivation, inspiration, and insights with every new episode. Also, if you want to see everything else we're up to on YouTube, social media, or even in real life, you can always visit us at biglifefinancial.com. Well, that's it for today. My name's Derek Van Ness, and I want to personally thank you for being a part of the small business big life movement. Now get out there, create more than you consume, love people more than you need to, and believe in magic because yes, it does exist.